Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. Life Church here in the great state of Alabama. And we want to greet everyone who's joined us live on Facebook. And uh, we have some special guests that's joined us live. Uh, Jamie, why don't you and Michelle come up for just a moment? And Michelle, if you'll come back up here. And Michelle uh, will tell you why. We have some um, people who watch us from time to time uh, from West Liberia, Africa. And uh, they got to know us through Michelle, and we need that microphone. Um, some people you don't call on to speak the last minute without notice, but she's not one that bothers, praise the Lord. So, <laughs> so um, why don't you greet everyone uh, at, the, at the church in West Liberia? Good morning. Um, I'm so grateful for you guys. It's Grace Calvary Church in Monrovia, Liberia, Africa. Um, the young man... Sunday guard Joe, he calls me Mother Franklin. I consider him one of my sons. He's my spiritual son. Even named his precious daughter after my daughter who's in heaven. Uh, That was an honor as well. Um, He actually met us because he typed in the word grace. Mm. So he met us because of grace. And I'm going to say that spiritually and literally. And his hands of grace was the first one that popped up. And he messaged us. And that's been two, the lower two years ago now. Um, we know God has called us to do a work there. Only he knows how. And, and I know he is the seed. He's going to provide every seed that's sown not only there, but here in our own community against every hurting person that has lack or need in their life. And I'm so thankful for that, that he's provided to each one of us here um, so many blessings. You know, I'd like to even throw out there, you know, when Tamara passed away, the seed that was sown for her was so multiplied that a good portion, a very good portion, went back into the kingdom of God. Amen. After every need was met. Amen. And that's the mighty and wonderful God we serve. And we love you guys in Monrovia and everywhere else that you're watching. Thank you so much. Amen. Be blessed. Well, Debbie, you want to say anything or sing? Or? I, I think she covered it. She covered it. <laughs> well, this is, and this is my wife, Michelle. So we have two Michelles. So we greet you. We love you. We're, we're praying for you. And we're, we're glad to be connected with you um, in the spirit. And uh, we believe God's going to do a great work uh, there in your church. And as he is, he's reaching out into the nations of the, of the earth. Uh, the time we believe... Is very short before Christ comes back, and He's going to do a, a marvelous, marvelous work. So get ready, get ready. God's about to do things you've only thought about or dreamed about, and now's your time. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, we've been ministering for a few weeks, and last week uh, we had uh, Vanessa C here with us uh, to help uh, uh, with raising uh, finances to go for the mission there at Peru. And uh, so we've been teaching out of Revelations. Now we're in, 
And if y'all know what that is, that's the, that's the Revelation is the last book right before the book of Maps. It's the one that most pastors stay out of and they just say, well, we win. <clears throat> and I understand why most pastors do that. I, I was telling the story the other day about uh, uh, Rick Renner. If you know who Rick Renner is, he's, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to put him on a scale of uh, pretty smart. And then Rick Renner said, I've stayed out of Revelations on purpose. He said, I read that. And he said, I'm reading everybody who's, who's uh, prophetical. And he says, and I'm trying to find people who think this way and they think that way. And he says, there's so much agreement and disagreement. He says, I just stayed out of all of it. Then the Lord told him to teach on it. So he had to anyway. So what we're doing is we're not teaching the book of Revelation, all 22 chapters, verse by verse. But we're kind of teaching the chronological order of events. And you say, well, why is that really necessary? Well, the, the reason why it's necessary, about 25 to 28% of your Bible's prophecy. And if it's in the book of Revelation, the Revelation says, blessed is he who reads this book. Amen. You say, well, I don't understand it. He didn't say he understand it. He says, blessed is he who reads it. But the same one who gives us the ability to read also gives us the ability to understand and so we're, uh, we're going to go forward today. We're going to go, we're gonna do a little recapping of things that have been said. And so we've, uh, we've talked about, of course, the great catching away. We talked about the rapture. There's many theories on that. Uh, we, believe that <clears throat> we believe in the pre-tribulation. Some people believe that they're going uh, to be caught away during the, the middle of the tribulation. And some believe that they'll be here for the whole seven-year period. Uh, the great Hilton Sutton, who's in heaven now, uh, one of the fo foremost authorities who's ever been on the earth. I asked him that question one day. I said, what about all these people who believe in, <clears throat> they're not going to go to the mid or to the end? <clears throat> he said, well, I don't, uh, he says, here's what I know uh, about faith. <clears throat> you can have what you say. He says, so if you want to stay and tribulate, he says, uh, <clears throat> get, your tri get your tribulation, uh, you know, gear ready to go because you might be here. But how many of you uh, believe that uh, we're going to go on the front end? Amen. How many of y'all ready to go to heaven? Amen. I didn't get but two hands. Well, I don't mean today, but I mean, you know, you're <laughs> like Brother Hagin used to say, no one raised their hands. He said, y'all don't want to go to heaven. They said, yeah, we thought you was getting up a load to go right now. Well, we're not going to go. Well, we could, but we want to be ready at all times. Amen. So I know a lot of things that we're going to say. I mean, it's, it's real arduous because and, and, there's a lot of facts and there is a lot of symbolism. And so we're going to kind of uh, put out several pieces today, go back over some things that we did say. I don't know how long it'll take, but I think it's very necessary. And so kind of what we're really uh, is going from the place that we are from, you know, from the cross and uh, all the way, you know, from the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then we're, and then we're, uh, we're looking to the place um, that here we are right at the catching away of the church. How many believe that we're so close? And the word tells us to know how close that we are. We need to know that, that for the rapture of the church, the, the rapture is signless. A lot of the scriptures that we have read and we've all been taught and, uh, by someone else about the rapture, those, those, the signs that they gave us for his coming is not for his, the rapture, but it's actually for the second coming. I mean, no, there's, there's his coming where we, we meet him in the clouds, but then there's a second coming, and that's where we come back with him. So let's just do a little recap, and I'm in 1 Thessalonians, uh, uh, 1, 4, 17. You may want to go, you may not. Time you get there, I'll probably be gone. But it says, uh, They which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, 
and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I like that. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So shall we ever be with the Lord. So when all this happens forever, we're going to be together with the Lord. Isn't that, isn't that something to look amazing? I mean, uh, that is so amazing. Uh, I'm so looking forward to ever being with the Lord. Now, people say, well, I don't believe in the rapture. And uh, because the word rapture is not in the Bible. <clears throat> Neither is the word Bible. <laughs> but it actually is. I mean, you understand the Bible wasn't written in English, but the word rapture comes from the Latin verb rapir, which means to carry off or to catch up. And it could be found in the Latin Vulgate Bible translation about 405 A.D., which was uh, just a few years ago. Amen. So the, the pre-tribulation, the view of that is that the belief that uh, the rapture will occur, which is called the 70th week of Daniel's vision. And so we'll, we'll get into uh, the, se the 70 weeks at another time. But the, but the pre-tribulation will happen in the, seven, the 70th week. Now, a week is not seven days when I say 70 weeks, but these are 77s or seven-year periods called a one week. And that's, that's the final seven years of the sage. So in other words, that will, then there'll be a, the Great Tribulation. And uh, we'll study both of those. And then after that, and uh, like I said, we're going to give you a chronological order this morning of what we're going to cover. Then we're going to come back and then uh, find our place where we are. And then after that will be the second coming to Christ. Well, what happens at the second coming to Christ? Man, it gets really exciting in the second coming to Christ. You know, I don't know how, I don't, I don't know how uh, the, the thrill of, you know, because we're, we're the generation that's here. I believe that he comes, receives us. And we have many reasons to know that and to believe that. Uh, but someone says, well, <clears throat> you know, what happens if I don't and I go to be with the Lord? You still get to go in the rapture of the church. Some people say, how do you do that? Well, it's real simple. The Bible says those who have died in Christ, when he comes for the church to meet us in the air. He says, what happens? How many, how many know what happens first before those who are alive and remain? Those who's already there with him in spirit form, their body's here, right? But he resurrects their body. That's the first resurrection. See, there's two resurrections. That's the first resurrection. He resurrects their body from the grave before those who are alive and remain. And so they get to go enjoy heaven if they, if they pass b before he comes. And then, when the, and then when, the, when the father says, go get my children, then those who have already died in the Lord and, and, their, and their bodies here is resurrected before those of us who are alive and remain. So they get on the front end both times. And so they meet, him, they meet the Lord in the air with us right before us. And their body, their, 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 their mortal body puts on immortality. Praise God. And the, the corruption puts on incorruption. And we meet the Lord and forever to be with him. So the second coming of Christ is not the rapture because Jesus does not return to earth in the rapture. We meet him in the air. So the key to the second coming is that everyone in the second coming, everyone will see Christ. In the, in the rapture of the church, everyone will not see him. But in the second coming, everyone on earth will see Jesus Christ. Now, Revelation 1, 7, don't have to turn there. But if you're making notes, Revelation 1, 7 says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, 
and they which pierced him and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Then we'll be studying about Armageddon. Y'all ever heard about Armageddon? Well, that generally refers to the end of times. Catastrophes, of course, in various uh, religions and uh, uh, cultures. And Armageddon refers to the great loss of life in battle. And it will be a tremendous loss of life. And the word uh, Armageddon, it comes from the word in the Hebrew, uh, H-A-R. But it's, uh, it's, Armageddon comes from Mount Har in Hebrew, or Megiddo, in this, which is the site of the battle of Megiddo or other battles. And so that's mentioned in Revelation 16, 16. It says, and he gathered them together in a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. And then, of course, we've already looked at this, but we'll, we'll be uh, making further reference to it about the, the millennium. How many are looking forward to the millennium? Man, you don't want to miss the millennium. You don't want to miss the millennium. What happens during the millennium? Well, Revelation 20, verse 4 said, And I saw thrones and sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had they received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and they reigned with Christ a thousand years. So the millennium reign refers to the earthly kingdom of Christ where Jesus Christ is back on the earth at the second coming. And here we're here with him and the earth returns back to its original purpose the way he created it. And uh, uh, Jesus won't come back registered as a Republican or a Democrat. Huh? <laughs> he will be in charge. And uh, your Facebook post won't make it through there. He'll pull it off himself if there is a Facebook. I don't imagine it'll, I don't imagine it'll make it. Sorry, Facebook. Praise the Lord. Thank you for helping us today, but your, your, your time's probably coming to an end. Praise God. Amen. But even if it's not, you're going to have a hard time getting rid of a post that Jesus puts up. <laughs> I think he can, uh, he can pull rank on it. So uh, the millennium refers to the earthly kingdom of Christ and after his return to earth, the second coming, which is right after the battle of Armageddon. And so we're just going through the chronological order. Four more we're going to talk about real quickly. The scripture talks about in Acts 20, 20, the day of the Lord. Now, what's the day of the Lord? Well, Acts 20, 20 says the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and, and notable day of the Lord. And this term refers specifically to the final day of judgment. The final day of judgment. When Christ returns to the earth, he'll come and rule as king. Amen. And it refers also to a judgment like the southern king of Judah. And when uh, they were taken uh, captive. And so we saw that. We know that from the Old Testament. The next thing, of course, that we're going to talk about this morning, our main subject will be the tribulation. And, and the great tribulation. There's a difference between the tribulation and the great tribulation. But Matthew 24, 21 says this, For then there shall be great tribulation, such as, not, such as was not since the beginning of the world of this time, nor shall there ever be. A horrific time. So the tribulation is, a, of course, a seven-year period. It's broken up into two, three-and-a-half-period uh, segments of four to two months. And, um, and so... The first three and a half years, of course, is called the tribulation. The last three and a half, because of its, of its severity, is called the great tribulation. The last three and a half years. And so it's broken into those two periods of 1260 days or uh, three and a half year periods. 
and then there'll be the great white throne judgment. That's in Re Revelation 20. We'll talk about that. Revelation 20, 11, he says, And I saw a great white throne, and he that sat upon it, whose face the earth and who heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And this is the final judgment for all unsaved mankind. This is nowhere you ever want to be. And this occurs at the end of the millennium, and everyone that comes to this judgment will be lost. See, this will be the second resurrection. The resurrection, the first resurrection was Christ crumbs in the clouds, and those who have died will be raised, their body will be raised. That will be the first. Uh, but not everyone's going to be raised. Those who have not accepted Christ, their body will remain in, their, their body remain engraved. Now, in other words, if they died lost, they're already in the place of hell, but they haven't been judged for it yet. And actually, their judgment might be more severe than it is when they go back. I don't know if you realize that or not, but there's different degrees of, of hell. In other words, unless they repented, people, you know, like Adolf Hitler or Mussolini, people like that who persecuted God's people, you know, will receive severe punishment more than other people. And so we'll, we'll get into some of these things. But this, that's called the Great White Throne Judgment. And uh, he said, uh, this is the final judgment for all the unsaved mankind. And this judgment, of course, uh, does not affect born-again believers were not there. Amen. Aren't you ha happy with that? Yeah. And then finally, the final rebellion. This will be the last global unleashing of Satan after he's released, you know, after a thousand years uh, against God. And, uh, and, they, it, and he won't have a very long leash. God's going to have him on a very short rope. And he's going to go. What's he going to go? What's, what's Y'all remember what he does as soon as he's released after a thousand years? He goes and does what? He deceives the nations. That's all he's ever done. That's the only tool that he has is deception. So it hasn't worked for him for 6,000 years, and then he's going to try it again after he's in the pit for, for you know, a thousand more. He has a thousand years to think up a new strategy, and he comes out with deception again. <laughs> now, you can't say it hasn't worked to a great degree for him, but it won't, it won't be the play card that's going to turn the game for him. It's just, it's just not going to happen that way. And so uh, he has a miserable future. So if he ever talks to you about how bad your life is or your future, how things aren't coming together, and uh, that, that's not the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That is a spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. So if he's ever talking to you about well, what you're going to do about this, what you're going to do about that, you just know where it's coming from. It's coming from the kingdom of darkness. And so if you'll just flip the conversation and say, well, <clears throat> I'm believing God and everything's going to turn out amazing for me, but let's talk about your future. When you get to talking about his future and you, and you uh, read it for the book of Revelations, he'll change the subject. Matter of fact, he'll leave you way alone. Praise the Lord. And so th that'll be the final rebellion, and that'll be right before the great white throne judgment. So where are we today? Well, we're at the place called the church age. You were born in the church age. Man, what an amazing time to be born. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. You weren't born under the law. Amen. You were born in the dispensation of grace. Can y'all say the dispensation of grace? Dispensation of grace. And uh, so this is the period where, where the grace of God is extended to whosoever will. To whosoever will. He said, I will, if they'll come to me, I will no wise will I cast them out. So God chose by, by, his, uh, by his sovereignty the time that you would be born in the earth. And he has a plan for your life and, and where you live in the earth and the nation that you're in. And so you're born at this time, but the place that we are right now is in the church age. 
and it is called the dispensation of grace. Revelation 22:17 says, "The spirit and the bride say, "Come, and let the one who hears say, "Come, let him who is thirsty come, let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life." So this is the time that you can come and receive freely of the Lord. Uh, but the next event on the prophetic calendar of the Lord, of course, is the rapture of the church, and uh, which is also called, once again, the great catching away. And um, we'll, uh, we'll read the scripture one more time. And uh, we want to just make sure that people understand this because it's, it's a lot of times people really confuse, even though it's simple, the difference between the Lord coming and us going to meet him in the clouds than him coming back, which is the second coming. And you say, well, we, we get that. Well, there's other people listening other than us. And so we, uh, when you do that, you're, you sometimes in Matthew 24, you read scriptures. And when, when you read those scriptures, they're, they're covering different periods of time. They're talking about before he comes. And they're talking about in the second coming. And they're talking about, you know, uh, during the battle of Armageddon and after the final judgment. And they're all in one chapter. So when you don't know... You have to understand who's doing the speaking and you have to understand who's, who's he talking to. Is he talking to the church? Is he talking to the Jewish people? Is he talking about those who rebel against him forever? So we have to understand that. So we're at the place right now, uh, the next event, the next event to take place is the rapture of the church. There is one more thing that has to happen before Jesus comes. People say there's no more, but there is, there's one more thing. The, the Bible says he'll come with a shout. So all it's going to take is a shout. This thing's over. Hallelujah. Just, just a shout. That's it. Amen. So all that we're doing here, you know, praise God. We, we can get happy here. I think we're having a big time here. You know, in America, everything, everything we do, we celebrate. We celebrate by food, don't we? Well, if it's the 4th, we got the 4th of July coming up pretty soon. What we're going to do? We're going to eat something, barbecue something. We're going to do something. But every event, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Groundhog Day, Flag Day, you know, whether the groundhog sees a shadow or not, I mean, if he, come, if he comes out, stays out, we'll barbecue him. So <laughs> we, do, we do that. Praise the Lord. And uh, uh, it's not in my notes today, but when we go to heaven, we're still going to eat. Y'all okay with eating? Yes. Hallelujah. You're not going to be too heavy. No carbs up there. Praise the Lord. Blood pressure won't ever be affected. No one will be taking any pills. No medicine. We won't need to go see Dr. Luke. Because we've already seen Jesus and we'll have a new body and a new spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. You'll have a body that'll never need sleep. It'll never need rest. I mean, you'll be, you'll be hotter than a chili pepper, ready to go every day of your life. Hallelujah. Just, but only for eternity. Woo. Glory to God. Don't miss heaven. Now try to be real nice, but if you miss heaven, you're just stupid. I was going to say ignorant, but I'm just, you're just, you're, but ignorant won't cover it. You're just stupid. Praise the Lord. See, Jesus already paid the price, right? So all you've got to do is accept it. Amen. I mean, I told you years ago that, I, I mean, I literally forgot. I actually, when I was running the, uh, the floor, uh, the floor covered store that we started in 1987, I actually had bought enough goods in this promotion and I won a trip to Lake Tahoe, but it was months, it was months later and I forgot about it. And so my sales rep called me and David called me on Monday. He said, Wes, where were you? What happened? Did something go wrong in the family? And David was always cutting up something all the time. And uh, he lives in Prattville now. And I think he's no longer in the wholesale. Actually, he started a business himself, floor covering. And I says, David, I don't have time for this on Monday and I'm not buying anything from you. I, I, I got plenty of stuff. He says, no, where, where were you? 
on the trip to Tahoe. And I said, I said, I'll be there. I'll be there. I said, that's what, in about a week or two? He says, that was last weekend. And uh, he kept on. And I thought, well, wait a minute. He sounds kind of serious. I looked at my desk and there it was. There was my free trip to, to Lake Tahoe. And, uh, <clears throat> and I wasn't there. And I was living in, I was living in Stanton. Y'all know where Stanton is? Not many people know where Stanton is. Anybody here know where Stanton is? Stanton doesn't even have a caution light. It's got a piece of a, of a, of a little gas station store. And so <clears throat> I was uh, in a 14 by 70 mobile home with uh, three children trapped in a box. Praise the Lord. In Stanton, which is a great place to be now. Honey. A great place. And I could have been skiing. Praise the Lord. You know, like the, the only problem is I only had a ticket for one to go. So Michelle never felt the remorse. She was, she was not sorry for me at all. Well, so everything we do here in, in the States and we do, you know, and, and even uh, in Alabama, you know, we, we, we do it with some type of celebration. That's what heaven would be. It makes me think about the little girl that was some uh, uh, lecture and I took communion at home before we came to church this morning and uh, received it. And uh, she said, well, it's not Easter. I said, it don't have to be. I said, we, we, we can have communion every day of our life. Right. And so we, we received communion and made me think about the little girl. She was from Alabama and she um, she uh, went to go visit her grandmother that lived in Michigan and she went to their church. And uh, that day their pastor was uh, was uh, was preaching of, the, uh, you know, of the Last Supper and then they was receiving communion. And of course, she was kind of small. She didn't know anything about it. And so she was kind of ready for the pastor to get through the message. Y'all don't you ever known any people who's waiting for the pastor to get through this message? Yes, yeah, someone told me about that the other day. Don't let me forget where I was on this other story. Someone said the difference between, there's a difference between a good planned out sermon that helps the people and a long sermon and then one where you've been taken hostage. <laughs> but anyway, so we're going to make sure that we don't, we don't get to the latter end of that until you feel like you've been taken hostage. But the little girl went to Michigan to see her grandparents there and she heard the pastor say, well, it's time now that we receive the Lord's Supper. And that little girl, she got so excited. She was hungry. She's ready to eat. She's from Alabama. <laughs> and so she followed her grandparents up there. And all she saw were these little bitty wafers and this little cup of juice or wine, whatever they were using. And, uh, and she grabbed that. And she thinks, that's it. And they got back to, her, to their seat. And uh, <clears throat> when they got home, she said, Grandma, she said, I enjoyed going to church today. But she says, one thing I, I know for sure. She said, the, the, your pastor said this, the Lord lives here. He says, she says, uh, so I know, I, and, I, and he's, he probably does. He said, I thought he lived in Alabama, but he doesn't. She said, because even mama, my grandmama in Alabama, she says, she knows. She says, when, when she said it's time for, you know, for, for, the, for the supper, she said, it's always has fried chicken and it has greens. And she said, it has apple pie with some good ice cream. Amen. Some, some nanner pudding. So she said, the Lord can't be from Alabama. She said, I guess he is from Michigan. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, <clears throat> in heaven, we're going to celebrate every day. Every day is going to be a celebration. So the, once again, to be, to be raptured means to be caught up. Can y'all say caught up? Caught up. Amen. And so uh, in the pre-tribulation. Now, if you want to get with someone about the mid-tribulation, then you need to get you some rations and you need to make, get you a plan. And, uh, but that's, uh, I won't be here, so I, can't, I won't tell you much about that. And that's where Jesus, he descends 
Uh, as far as the clouds, and I'll give you references for those if you need them. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 52, the A part of 52, and 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. And uh, so we need to know that this is when the Christians, only Christians will be resurrected. And believers who are alive at the time uh, will go to be with him. And those who've already gone will go in their resurrected bodies. So both groups will be caught up at the same time. Those who are alive and remain, those who've already gone to be on with the Lord. So both groups. And then we're going to accompany Jesus to heaven. How about that? And that's where we'll spend the entire time while the tribulation, the seven-year period is taking place here on the earth, we will be in a place of safety. We will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We will be having fellowship with your family, your loved ones. You'll get to, you'll be uh, with God. You'll be with the Father. And uh, amen, you'll be with Jesus. And you'll get to meet whoever you want to meet in heaven. And uh, Moses or Sarah or whoever you want to see. So we'll have seven years of, of, of fellowship. Isn't that awesome? And then, uh, then uh, so upon our arrival in heaven, uh, also, what, and we've already talked about this, but we're just kind of going over some things. While we're in heaven, we'll be at the, it's called the, the Bema Seat of Christ or the Judgment Seat of Christ. Now, don't let that scare you because, you know, Revelations is a book that they say, well, it just scares me when I read it. Well, you don't have to be scared. No, because the, the Judgment Seat of Christ for the Christians is not bad news. It's good news. It's the Bema seat, or it's also called the reward seat. This is where you, uh, heaven rewards you for your work on earth. Amen. And how do we know that? Well, that's in two places, and I'll read them. Uh, so it's not a judicial bench. It's, it's, it's the Bema seat. This is not where God's handing out judgment to us, the believers. Jesus paid the price for all of our sins. He judged you in Jesus. It's paid for already. Amen. But uh, let's just give you the scriptures real, real fast. Second Corinthians uh, four in verse 10 says, now if any man build upon this foundation to my foundation of Christ, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest for that day shall declare it or that day shall expose it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work what sort it is. And then, um, or that's, eight, that's Romans chapter five, I'm sorry, verses eight through 10. Romans five, eight through 10. Now I'm gonna go to second Corinthians and um, let's see, 14, verse 10, it says, But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not, thy brother? For we shall all stand, all stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. So there'll be no unbelievers there. And there's not going to be some big video screen there. And God's not going to show the whole world things that you did wrong, uh, bad choices that you made. This will be a place where rewards will be given for eternity. Now, there's two phases of the Lord's return. And, of course, we know uh, just the story between the rapture and the second coming. And so the rapture comes before the tribulation. I'm saying there's so many ways you've got to be able to get one of them. The rapture, say that with me, the rapture comes before the tribulation. So it's God's, it's God's method of removing the church before there's wrath. That's always against God's plan. He's always removed the church before the wrath. If you don't think so, go read the book of Noah. Think about, think about uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, where, where God got Lot out. Think about the people, God's people of Israel. He, he got them out of Egypt before wrath came upon Egypt. And so over and over again, God always removes his people before there's wrath. Amen. So the rapture comes before the tribulation, 
And uh, the second coming or the second event is called takes place after the tribulation. And at that point, Jesus comes back to the earth to reign. We come back with him to reign here for a thousand years. So we can say it this way, then we'll move forward. The rapture, at the rapture, Jesus comes for his saints. At the second, he comes back with his saints. That's about as simple as I know how to put it right there. Now, so there's uh, other words that you could use, and there's many references, but we won't take time to do it. The rapture is also called the second coming, but it's also called the appearing, but we won't go through all that. Now, so we're going to talk a little bit about the tribulation uh, today. And so once the church is in heaven, uh, the, the tribulation period begins here on earth. And the tribulation is a seven-year period. And it's divided into, we said, two equal sections. Each, cons each consists of three and a half years, which is 1,260 days, and that's according to the Jewish calendar. And the first, first half, the first three and a half years is known as the tribulation. The second half is known as the great tribulation. And uh, <clears throat> this, so what does the Bible tell us about the, the, half of the second half of the tribulation? Well, it's, it's worse. It's much worse. And as we go further into it, you'll see why when we, when we, we talk about the Antichrist, and uh, we're not going to talk about who... Uh, who the Antichrist is, the reason why I'm not going to talk about it because I don't know. And you say, well, I know, and I'm going to say you don't know either. And I'm going to say, if, G if, if he doesn't come in our lifetime, Satan don't know who he is either. Now, I've covered this point before, but I know not everyone listens every week. There's, Satan has never known at any time who the Antichrist is going to be. But he's always had someone ready. In baseball, we call it, you know, put him in the bullpen and get him ready. In other words, we, we said someone like Mussolini or Adolf Hitler would have been a great antichrist, wouldn't they? But the problem is J Jesus didn't come then. Now, if Jesus doesn't know the exact day the Father says go, right? Is that what the scripture says? Yeah. Does, Jesus, does, does Jesus know the exact day that he's coming? According to the scripture, he doesn't know. <clears throat> so do you think Satan does? So if Jesus doesn't know, I know Satan doesn't know. So he has to keep people ready all the time. Amen. And he's got some mean, ugly boogers out there, so he's, he's got a bunch of them ready at all times. And so uh, we're, uh, uh, we'll see more about the last three and a half years. You'll see the Antichrist uh, rise up and, and uh, he'll, he'll come. Uh, the first three and a half years will be great deception, but he'll try to come into his main power in three and a half years. It absolutely won't. It will not work. He'll have, he will not have control over all the earth. Some people teach that he will, but the Bible says he will not have control over all the earth because he's trying to have control of, over all the earth now. And the Bible says right now, Satan is the God of this world. But is, is he the God of your world? No. no. And so there'll be people who will be getting saved. Actually, the greatest harvest that will ever take place is after the church leaves. Now, we're going to have a great gathering before he comes. But as soon as we leave, there's going to be people here that knew what happened and why they missed it. And there's going to be evangelists. There's going to be at least 144,000 evangelists, amen, upon the earth. And so there are going to be the 12 tribes of Israel. And out of every tribe, there's going to be 12,000 ministers that are going to be evangelists. And they're going to be, they're going to be uh, ministering. And they're going to be uh, ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will be here. People thought that he was going to go in the rapture. He's not going to go in the rapture. He's going to be here. You say, well, isn't he a little bit worried about things? No, he's not worried about things. And the Holy Spirit is not going to take the, the mark of the beast. Y'all figured that out, didn't you? Praise the Lord. And so uh, you, you can't starve him out and you can't worry him. And, and so, see, so you can't get saved without the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit will be here the entire time. 
because how other than through the Holy Spirit can anyone be saved? Well, they can't. So we'll have at least 144,000 evangelists on the earth. And then at the mid at the mid translation, they'll be resurrected and they'll come to heaven. You say, well, oh, wow. So it would be really bad to three and a half years, but, but there'll still be, you could call ambassadors on the earth. That's because the people who get saved from the 144,000 who live in the last three and a half years, they'll become those who preach. And at the very end, at the very end of the three and a half years, the angels will come and preach. Amen. And at the very end of the end, and I don't want to get too far ahead in this movie, and if you're watching the movie, skip ahead. Jesus will do every, God will do everything he can to tell the earth that I'm God, that I want, that I want you as mine. So God's going to shut the lights off the earth and it's going to come, become completely dark for days. And no one will be able to understand why. They'll, they'll, they'll reason it, they'll try to give you a reason, but it will be God trying to tell you. Now this will be just, this will be the last, of the, I mean, speck of time before Jesus comes back with us. And so people will be getting saved all throughout the seven-year tribulation. Actually, the scripture says half of the remaining world will be saved and half will be lost. But at the, at the end of the days, almost the end of the seven-year tribulation, the second coming, which Jesus comes back on a horse, a white horse, and we come back with him. So if you don't like horses, you need to, you need to take a liking to them. And so we're going to come back with him at the end of that. But before that, and I'll, I'll give the scriptures later on. It's almost like God, not almost, but God actually cuts the lights off of earth. And it becomes completely dark day and night for days. Because he's telling them that there's a God and I'm calling you. And so uh, uh, some people will be saved and some people will count it off as something else and they still won't receive it. When the light goes back on, before he comes back, it's too late. If you don't get saved at that time during the tribulation and the light comes back on before he comes back to the earth, it's too late forever. You'll be doomed to hell forever. So we don't want to be there. So some people say, well, we're Christians. <clears throat> so why should we talk about the tribulation? We won't be here. <clears throat> Who knows where these recordings will be while we're gone? Other than that, you and I got, you and I got a gospel to preach. Amen. So this it's just not about us going to heaven. Hmm? No, we have a gospel to preach. So two, a seven year period broke it up in two, uh, three and a half years. Now, uh, the reason why it's called the Great Tribulation is very simple. It's, it's when the Antichrist appears on the first three and a half years. Uh, he, he, he comes on the, uh, the stage, you might say. And he doesn't come like some type of satanic madman, but he comes as some uh, great diplomat. He's like he's very, and he'll come as very, uh, very skilled and he'll possess what seems to be great wisdom. And he'll have answers to all the world's problems. And, and this will be, and here, this will be the great deception once again. And Satan will be working through him. And so he'll seem to have answers for all the world's problems. Now you understand that, that then we're gone There'll be many people gone. They'll, uh, uh, Satan's already worked all that out because they're going to have to explain where we all went to. Well, there's people who, uh, who are very mad at you because you drive an eight-cylinder. Huh? And you're polluting the earth and everything's not green and we're not going to spend 14 times the world's economy you know, to put uh, 
I don't, I don't want to get into all that. But anyway, so the, the, we, Hollywood has made so many films about the aliens and the abductions and all such as this that they'll say Mother Earth just sucked up all these people who just, you know, who didn't take care of the planet. And uh, they'll say, you know, the aliens come and they got them out and it, it, we will be out of sight. And after a while, it will be explained because of all the movies that have come out of Hollywood. And it'll be, they'll say, that's, that's what happened. And, and almost be like good riddance for many people. Now, you understand we're in heaven at this time. We're at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And they're going to be saying, hey, you want some more taters? You say, you know I do. And so, you know, it's going to be a great time. So we won't be here. But that's what's going to happen. So he, he won't come across as a satanic madman, but really he'll, he'll come as a skilled diplomat and he'll seem to have all the answers. So the first 42 months will be spent, his first 42 months, his first three and a half years, he'll be here and he'll be setting up, preparing for an attempt at world domination. But he'll have competition in that. See, there's other forces going to be on the earth that's going to be trying to take world domination from him. And he'll have to fight them also himself. But he will win and he will prevail. And his system of government uh, will, will be complete. And he'll set, up a, he'll set up a system of commerce and religion. And he'll set up a one world government. It will happen. You, you, this is why we need to know this. Because you're already seeing the rumblings. You're already seeing it so close to you right now. That's what Jesus is saying. When you can see the signs of the second coming, not him coming to catch the church away, but when you can see the signs of the second coming from this side, you know you're about to meet me in the air. All the things that's going on in the earth today, all the things that's been going on in the earth this week, all the horrific things that's taking place. I'm not talking about police brutality, but I mean, the... That should never have happened. But it's what people is doing with that. Yeah. It's people who have an agenda with that. You see. Amen. Wrong, wrong is wrong. I don't care what color you are. Wrong is wrong. God loves people. Red, yellow, black, and white, they're all precious in his sight. So, so, so life matters because God created all of us and he put his life in us. And if you take about... They tell us if you take one sixteenth of an inch of skin off, in other words, like if you were to skin a rabbit or, a, you know, or an animal, but uh, we have about a sixteenth inch skin is about, they say, one sixteenth of an inch of, of pigment. And if you were to take that off, you wouldn't know what color we are. Amen. The color that you want to have, the color you want to be born with is the color of love. Huh? Well, you, and when you've been born again, the love of God's been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And the Bible tells me if I will love you the way that I love myself, we're going to get along really good. How many of y'all kind of do like yourself a little bit? Yeah. Oh, come on. You can be, you can be truthful. <clears throat> How many see to it that you get something to eat every day? Did you know there's someone starving in the world today, but we, we're going to make sure we're going to get something for lunch? So if we just love the world... You know, like we love ourselves, which is the two great commandments. And uh, so here he sets this up and this will be he'll set up government. He'll set up commerce. He'll set up a, a, a religion. And this will be around the midpoint of the tribulation. But then at, at, and then he'll sign a peace treaty. And, we're, and we'll see that in the book of Daniel. 
but he'll, he'll, he'll sign a peace treaty with Israel, and, but he'll let it go just a little ways. Then after that, he's going to break his own peace treaty, and he's going to demand that he's God. He's going to demand that there'll be an image or a statue, almost like Nebuchadnezzar had, that you'll have to go into the temple, and he'll say, bow down and worship me, for I am God. And if you don't, you know, then uh, it'll be instant death. You'll be beheaded. You, uh, at that time, you'll have to take, uh, the scripture says you'll have to take the mark of the beast, which would either be in your left hand or it'll be in your forehead. If you don't do that, you won't be able to buy or sell goods. You'll have no way, uh, you know, to, to eat or stay alive on the earth other than some type of miracle. You know, and uh, so this is, this is his plan and this is what he's going to do. And so this will be the last three and a half years. When that period takes place, things will move really rapidly and things the last three and a half years will begin to deteriorate very rapidly. And that's why it's called the final 42 months. They're called the Great Tribulation. And uh, not only will just the world's inhabitants uh, be dealing with the fear of the Antichrist, but they're going to be dealing with God's wrath. Because see, this is, remember what we said, this is the dispensation of the church right now before Christ comes. When we're gone, the light's gone, the salt, the salt of the earth is gone, the, the Holy Spirit's here, but all the light of the world's gone. And the dispensation of grace, over. So God's going to be dealing with all the people who has rejected His Son. He's still going to be putting great pressure on those to make a decision for Him, but it will not be the dispensation of grace. Amen. It'll be a whole different time. So there'll, there'll be the fear of the Antichrist, but also God will be pouring out wrath on the Christ-rejected world. And then uh, <clears throat> we won't uh, turn there, but I will give you the references uh, in Revelations. Uh, and you can jot these down if you're interested. Revelation 6.1 through Revelation 8.5 talks about 28 divine judgments that will take place over the seven-year period. And I, I'll give you the scriptures. Revelation 6.1 to Revelation 8, 5. And there talks about the seven seals. And the, uh, the seven seals in Revelation 6, 1 through 8, 5 is the things that happened to the nations during the seven-year period. And then what happened, then the scripture talks about the seven trumpets. And that's in Revelation 8, 6 through 11, and verse 19. And these are the things that will be happening in the nature, or to the nature on the planet. Then it's called the seven thunders. And then, uh, but John wasn't allowed to give the nature of these judgments. And um, then the last one is the seven vials, which is Revelation 15, 6 through 8, the seven vials. And this is the things that will be happening to mankind who's on the earth. And so um, these, are, these are called the 28 divine judgments that will be taking place and uh, during the seven times the seven-year period of the tribulation. Now, the battle of Armageddon, uh, the, the battle of Armageddon ends, you know, with the, at the end of the great tribulation period, and uh, it takes place on the final day of the tribulation, and uh, at the end of the seven years. So, now I'm giving you a lot of information and moving kind of quick, but we got a quick work to do. Amen. See, what, what I really want to do is I just want to put a foundation in, and then we can come back at other times and we can just we can teach more, we put more meat on the bones, so to speak. But right now, I'm just trying to give the chronological order for it. So Armageddon is Satan's attempt to wipe out the nation of Israel. 
that will be the plan for Armageddon. Uh, Satan's attempt to literally obliterate Israel. Well, I, I, I hear people in other nations talk about that now. You, you, hear, you hear a nut over in Iran has been talking about that for a long time to wipe out the whole nation and all the people. And so uh, the armies of the Antichrist, it says, will converge upon them uh, with a 200 million man army. Now, uh, Israel's not that large. And the Antichrist, through, through Satan, will attack Israel with a 200 million man army. And will lose. And can God pay your light bill this week? <laughs> can I give you some scriptures on that? Revelation 9, 14 through 16 says, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release now the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. In verse 15, so four angels who had been prepared for the appointed hour and the day and the month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Mm. Verse 16, the number of troops, the number of troops of this cavalry was Twice 10,000 times 10,000, which is 200 million. And he said, John said, I heard the number of them. Wow. And then, uh, um, so here they emerge upon Israel. And that's the first half of the battle. And the first half of the battle will be devastating to Israel. It really will be. Uh, that's according to uh, uh, Zechariah's prophecy and uh, half the city will, will fall at the very beginning. Uh, the scripture says the women will be raped and the city will be pillaged. But then the second half of the city uh, falls, and then God intervenes with the period of the supernatural darkness that I'm talking about. The sun won't shine. The moon and stars won't give their light. The entire world will sit in darkness and people will be given one more last chance to accept Jesus Christ. You see, at the rapture of the church, it's not too late to get saved. What a merciful God that we have. We're trying to do, we're, we want to tell people, be ready now. But even during the seven-year period, it won't be too late to be saved. But the second coming, after I'll say the lights go back on, so to speak, when Jesus splits the clouds at the very, end, the very end of that seven year period, he comes with his army. He comes with all of us. He comes with the angels. And he ends this battle of Armageddon in one hour. I think it takes him 10 seconds, but I think he wants to draw it out to have a little bit of fun. I, I, I don't know, but the Bible says it takes, it takes one hour, 60 minutes, and, and Armageddon will be over. The blood that will be upon that battle, it said the blood will flow to the, the bridle of a horse. He will take revenge on the Antichrist. 
He'll take revenge against every person and every nation that attacked his people, Israel. He will come with a fury for those who did not love his people, who did not love Israel. And it'll be too late to be saved and forever be doomed to hell. And that's at the end of the seven year period. And so <clears throat> we talked about the second coming. That's when Jesus returns. That's after the period of darkness. And there are several events that transpire. That's in Revelation 19, 11 through 15. We'll tell you he destroys the armies of the Antichrist. And there he ends Armageddon. Satan is bound and cast into the abyss for a thousand years. Can you say praise the Lord? For a thousand years, Satan, all his cohorts, be, there will be no demonic activity for a thousand years. That's Revelations 20, verse 2 and 3. At this place, Jesus will divide the sheep from the goats. And this refers to the people on earth who are still alive when Jesus returns. The sheep will represent the believers, and of course the goats are the unbelievers. And that is Matthew 25, 31 through 36. At this place, there's no further opportunity to be saved. The unbelievers will be swept into hell. And the millennium will begin with believers only. That's Matthew 13, 39 through 42. And I actually want to read that part. And uh, we've talked about the millennium, but I want to talk about it some more here. And uh, Matthew 13, 39 through 42. I don't know what translation I have here, but it says this. In the, I think it's the E... Um, ESV or the ERV, ERV probably, but it says, uh, Matthew 13, 39 through 42, says the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest points to the end of the sage, and the harvesters are God's messengers. Verse 40, and the weeds are bundled up and thrown into the fire, so it will be at the close of the sage. Verse 41, the Son of Man will send his messengers, and they will uproot everything out of his kingdom and the lawless ones and everything out of his kingdom and all the lawless ones and everything that causes sin will be removed. Verse 42, and they will be thrown into the fiery pit and they will experience great sorrow, pain, and anguish. We have to tell the story. We have to preach the gospel. We have to preach the gospel. So, <clears throat> We'll, um, uh, those who have survived that, uh, believers will enter into the millennium and uh, there'll be people who have got saved and they'll enter in and uh, they'll still be living in their natural bodies. Uh, death will still occur during the millennium. It'll be, it'll be rare, but death will still occur. Because see, there'll be people who lived, was born during the seven, year, seven years on earth, right? And so those who in the last, those who survived the last three and a half years, you'll, you'll, you'll have people who be, will have children and they'll be born and uh, there'll be people who will be saved. They'll, they'll miss the, someone said, well, they will have no way to uh, be in on the marriage supper of the Lamb. No, that's, that's, that's the benefit for those of you who believed on, on the front end. So they won't have that. And, uh, but, uh, but you will. So they'll still be in their natural bodies. And uh, during the millennium, uh, the, the scripture says in Isaiah 65, uh, 17 through 20, that if they die at age 100, they're thought to be just a child 
or accursed. And I want to read that Revelation or Isaiah 65, 17 through 20 in the ERV. Verse 17 says, a new time is coming and I'm creating a new heaven and a new earth. And the troubles of the past will be forgotten. Listen to these words. No one will remember them. That's, that, that, that's a pretty good promise. Just all, standing all by itself. When I looked it up in my Bible, it, 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 it subtitled a new times come in verse 17. He says, I'm creating a new heaven and a new earth. The troubles of the past are forgotten. No one will remember your, your, your troubles or your sorrow from the past. He said, no one will. Well, how about so-and-so? Because they, they kind of hold on to the past. No one. No one remember the troubles of the past. Verse 18, he said, my people will be happy or rejoice forever and ever because I will, I will mark them. I will make a Jerusalem that is full of joy and I will make her people happy. The Lord's going to make you happy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 19, then I will rejoice to Jerusalem and I will be happy with my people and I will never, they will never again cry or there'll be sadness in the city. No tears. So uh, probably no need for Kleenex, so that, an industry that you know, won't be able to get much uh, business there. No crying, no tears, no sadness in that city. Verse 20 says, in that city, there'll never be, in that city, there'll never be a baby who lives only a few days. And every older person will live for a long, long time. A person who lives to be 100 will be called young. And whoever doesn't live the long will be considered someone who's cursed. I mean, there'll be people during the millennium while Jesus has set up his earthly kingdom, which is what is, you know, how his disciples, he says, is this the time for you? And Jesus says, not, it's not for you to know the time, know the seasons. You know, he, disciples didn't understand. They thought he, come, he was coming up, you know, to deal with uh, uh, the Romans and to set up an earthly kingdom. Well, that's not what he was for. He was here to set up a kingdom, but it wasn't, it wasn't uh, you know, to, you know to, to throw the Roman Empire over. But when he comes back, he's in charge. And so he'll He'll rule, and his, the Bible says in Isaiah that his government shall never end, and it's never ended now, and he'll rule from, he'll, he'll rule from, uh, rule, uh, from the throne of David. And whatever you're doing in this life right now, right now before he comes, you are writing your resume. We said it before, but you're writing your resume for what you'll be doing in the millennium. So if you're not doing much for Jesus now, you may not be over much in the millennium. And so, <clears throat> you know, we, we, we need to get busy. Not, not just so we'll have a great reward, but it will be based on that. So you, you may be over cities. You may be over a, a state. Um, you know, God has a plan for a thousand years. And so whatever you're doing for him will determine uh, when, when you, out of the seven years that we're there, Mary's Supper of the Lamb, we go to the reward seat of heaven, which is called the judgment seat. Once again, it's called the Bemis seat. Once again, We'll come back to the earth during the millennium after Armageddon and we'll rule and reign with Jesus. He'll be in Jerusalem. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus will have church and I'm kind of thinking you're going to have to, I'm kind of thinking you're going to be there. <laughs> Amen. You can't tell him you're tired. You can't tell him you wasn't feeling good. You can't tell him you got to gimp your leg because none of them, I mean, that'd be a lie. Amen. 
and you're going to want to be there. Amen. And so uh, what a great time that's, that's going to be. And so if you died here and someone died uh, at less than 100 years age, they'll, say they'll thought to be a child or just be accursed. And then there'll be the final temptation uh, for these people. So as they grow older, the children who are born during the millennium will have the opportunity to receive Christ. They'll still have the, the children who are born during the millennium, you see. Are you still getting this story? I'm, I'm, I know I'm throwing a lot at you because we talked about people could, could be saved, you know, during the seven years tribulation. But then after that will become the millennium. Right. But the people who were saved out of the, the, the last seven years, they didn't go to heaven for, for seven years for the marriage supper of the land. They're still here where Jesus comes to rule for a, a thousand years. And so they're still in a natural body and they'll be having children. And so people will still be able to receive Christ then. Uh, but the scripture says, which is unremarkable because <clears throat> you'll be able to go to Jerusalem and you'll be able to see Jesus face to face. And the scripture says there'll be still many who won't receive him. I said, there he is. Here's the story. Here's the Bible. This is what happened. This is what happened. Uh, and Armageddon took place and, and Jesus prevailed and, and the devil's been bound for a thousand years in the pit. And here's the creed of the universe. And there'll be people say, I don't want nothing to do with him. Can you figure that? You know, Brother Hagin said, you know, sometimes you just can't fix stupid. But anyway, <clears throat> not sure what he meant by that, but that might apply there. So some of them won't. So then after that, Satan will be loosed and he'll attempt to participate in one final rebellion. That's in Revelation 20, verse 3. He'll be loosed from the pit after a thousand years for one last final rebellion. And, um, and so those born again, during the millennium and rejected Christ, uh, you see the church, we're, we're not included in that last final temptation. These are, we're talking about people who's born during the millennium. And uh, it says during that time, many will be deceived and they'll march in Jerusalem and they'll attempt to destroy it. Uh, but this battle's not going to get off the ground. It is not going to get off the ground. I mean, it's, uh, you're talking about something going bad. It's going to go real bad. And God's going to end this rebellion himself. The Bible says he's going to do it with fire from heaven and Satan will be cast into the lake of fire forever. And that's in Revelation 20, verse 10. So if you ever just want a, a verse to read about, about Satan, Revelation 20, 10, he's cast into the lake of fire forever. And so um, that's the second. And then after that comes the second resurrection. And uh, we're going to st stop here in just a minute. But anyway, so... Revelation 20, verse 6 is blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. So if there's a first resurrection, there has to be a second resurrection, right? Wouldn't that stand to reason? If there's a first, there's got to be a second one. So the first resurrection, remember, is the rapture of the church. Y'all still with me? And the dead in Christ arrives to take her place. But now 1,007 years has taken place. You know, a thousand year millennium reign, seven years tribulation. So a thousand and seven years taking place. And then there's a second resurrection that takes place for unbelievers. Two resurrections. Jesus comes, meets us in the air. Those who've died, who have already passed, they're with him in heaven. But he comes, receives their body. We meet him in the air. The world doesn't see him. The second come, the, everyone in the world sees him. He said, every eye will see me. How he's going to do that, I don't know. He said, every eye will, will see me when I come back the second time. 
those, so the, the first resurrection is the, the resurrecting of those who've died, who have died. You could say their bodies asleep here on the earth. And they're gonna, he, he's going to take that body. He's going to be a glorified body with their spirit. Praise the Lord, young, beautiful. Praise the Lord, spirit, body. You're going to like it. Hallelujah. You won't have any complaints. Amen. There won't be any bulges. There won't be any temptations. There, I mean, you, 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 won't, you, you won't have anything. Sin won't be your problem. You won't have any, anything to deal with. You won't have any temptation. Nothing's going to pull you this way or pull you that way. Amen. Amen. What a wonderful time. So the second resurrection, the unbelievers who have died during the ages, they'll be resurrected and they'll stand before the great white throne judgment. And that's in Revelations 20. 11 through 15, throwing a lot of stuff at you. They'll be standing right before the great white throne judgment. Who's that? The unbelievers who died through the ages. Now you see, they're still in the grave. Their body's still in the grave. If you died today and you don't know Jesus, you go to hell. But this time, your body's going to be raised with your spirit in hell is going to go to the great wine and throw judgment and be judged. And you could go back to hell different. Worse goes worse. And that's, so that's Revelations 20, 11 through 15. And at this judgment, they will receive their final sentencing and concerning the degree of punishment that they'll experience in the lake of fire. We'll end with this. Once you're begging... Once that has been dealt with, it, it, it will be extinguished forever, forever and ever. And we, the body of Christ, will enter the eternity for an eternal state to be with the Lord forever. The believers will live in glory with Christ, while the lost will be forever tormented in the lake of fire. And so um, we'll pick up there next time we come together. We're going to talk more about the Antichrist. And we're going to talk about uh, some of his role in some of that in the second coming. Amen. We want to talk about heaven. We want to talk about hell. Amen. So we're not doing a, a verse by verse of Revelations, which is fine. But we want, we, we, want to start, we want to understand the chronological order of things that are happening. It's so important because what, what we're doing right now is we're seeing the setup for the Ezekiel 38 war. And so when we can see the signs lining up, I think uh, I use this illustration probably many times if you hadn't heard it. If you go to the mall in October and they got Christmas up, which they usually do, then that, what does that tell you? Well, Christmas is right around the corner. But it also, but you know, you might say, wow, I went before it's Halloween now and they already got Christmas up. I don't do Halloween really much, but you know, not against candy, but hmm. Not much into demons. How about you? So, uh, but if you see, if you see the, the holiday trimmings and you see the decorations up in the stores and in the, in the marketplace, then you may know that time is just a few weeks away, which will tell you, oh my gosh, did we miss Thanksgiving? Because it's even before that, right? So if we can see the signs of, once again, the second coming, because him coming to receive us in the air, there, there, there are no signs. There's no signs. Amen. 
And that is the next, that is the next thing in prophecy that will take place is the catching away of the church. But he's, he said, but when you see these signs setting up, and out of Matthew chapter 24, which we'll, we'll go over them pretty soon. And he said, when you see these signs taking place, he's talking about when I, when I come back with you after seven years. When we go to heaven and we're there for the marriage supper of the Lamb and the reward seat of Christ, and then we come back uh, in the second coming for the battle of Armageddon, he says, when you can see the signs of us coming back from this side, he says, you're close. You're very close. And all, he said, all those that the generation that saw Israel become a nation in 1948, who sees all these signs on this side, he said, now that generation won't pass away until they be with the Lord. So we have this very small space of time that we have to preach the gospel, to preach the good news. So important that we get out of ourselves, that we get out of our natural, well, I got to do this and I'm doing this and I'm working on my second, third, my beach home. Well, you know, I, I, I'm, th that's great. But what you're going to do for Jesus, you better, you're going to do now because you, you have an eternity to enjoy heaven and paradise and all such that now's the time to roll up our sleeves. Come on. Now's the time to, to go to work. Now the time to tell a story. Now it's time to be bold for Jesus. Now's the time for signs and wonders and miracles. Now's the time to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with what? Fire. fire. I asked you last week, can you be baptized with the Holy Ghost? Nobody raised their hand. I said, but did you get the fire? Because when you get the fire, it burns out all the dross out of you. It burns out all the laziness out of you. It burns out all the carnality out of you. And all the things that try to pull on your flesh, you say, well, you know, God, give me grace for that. That's, that's a pitiful excuse for grace. That is a pitiful excuse for grace. Grace is not something God gave you to live a sloppy life. If anything, it may hold you a lot more responsible for it because he gave you the ability to bring you out of it. So whatever's not right, make right or get out. You, are you listening? The Bible says when you know to do right and you don't do it, God said that's sin. You say, well, you're preaching. Yes, I know the Bible to you. Amen. <laughs> huh? When you know to do right and you don't do what's right, what's it called? Sin. It's called sin. And sin is what got Jesus killed. When you look at the death of Jesus Christ and the death of Christ and the pain and the punishment that he went through, the torment he went through, you'll know what God thinks about sin. Isaiah said there was so much punishment put on him that his body did not even resemble a human. That's what God thinks about sin. So he who knows to do right. Amen. And so God give, he gives us his grace. And so that we, we, that we live far above that. I'm telling you, you don't have to live in a place of, you know, I, I'm just trying not to do this. I'm just trying not to do this. Now, the Bible says, if you know the truth, the truth to do what? It'll set you free. Y'all say that with me. Y'all still here? Wave your hand just a little bit. Praise the Lord. I know there's between a long sermon and, and a hostage takeover. I'm not taking you over. So he, so <laughs> he, the son, he who the son sets free is what? Free Are we free? So we're not free. You say, I'm, I'm trying not to do this. I'm trying not to do that. I'm trying not to do a drug. I'm trying not to, you know, to drink or whatever. I'm not trying. I'm trying not to have me an affair. No, the Bible says that you've been born again in Christ. You, you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Oh, the old things, they passed away. 
All things become new. You say, yeah, but the problem is that, that old man in me rises up sometimes. Well, read your Bible. There ain't no old man. There's no old man. Romans 6 said God got rid of him. God might have thought about fixing him up and putting some stuffings in him and like sending you know, the couch and have it reupholstered. Maybe the Lord thought about that. And they said, nah, that ain't going to work. They said, just blow it up. <laughs> just blow the old man up. He ain't, ain't worth two cents. <laughs> huh? He annihilated him. God dropped the atomic bomb. Poof. <laughs> And he blew that old man up. You say, well, then, then why do I sin? Well, you see, because you got this mind right here that ain't born again. It's in the process of being born again every time you pick up your Bible. Amen. But who was it? Christian, you used to tell me about, someone was talking about this week, that uh, how many Christians uh, pick up the Bible less than, less than 20% of the body of Christ picked up the Bible and read something from Sunday to Sunday. And she, she told me that. She said, isn't that shocking? I said, no, I'm shocked there's that many doing it. <laughs> I said, every Sunday, I see Bibles left here all the time. thinking, well, I know, the, I know they got one home because they'll be calling me. They're going to be calling me tonight. I said, I got Pastor, could you meet me at the church? I got to have a Bible. I know you'll get them today after that. but <laughs> No, but they won't. See, when you live dead, there's no pull on you. When a person dies, whatever pulled on them, don't pull on them no more. If it was alcohol, you, you, you can go to the casket and you say, hey, hey, buddy, hey, 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 Frank, you want, you, you want some of this? You know, I got some. Y'all help me with something. I don't drink. I don't know. Jim Bean, thank you. I, I, I knew it was Jimmy something. I didn't know if it was beans or taters. I know some Jim Bean. <laughs> Or mix some little vodka and orange juice. I think something like I remember something about that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> something with a little uh, umbrella in it. You know, he could be a stoned alcoholic, and you can take that to the you can take that to his casket. Does he want it? Why? Because he's what? He's what? <clears throat> Maybe it was crack, meth, whatever it is. They're, they're, they're hooked on drugs. You say, hey, Frank. Man, I got something here in my pocket. It'd take you into another world. It'd take you so high. <laughs> you, 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 you want a little bit of this? What's Frank going to say? He ain't going to say nothing. Although he's been spending every dime he could get and every dime he couldn't get. And you wondering where your, your, all your power tools went to. Well, he, he had to come get them while you were sleeping because he had to have some more. <laughs> He, he ain't against you, but I mean, the man got to have what a man got to have. And that drug gets in there, got to have some more, right? But when he dies, death is finality. It's over. Frank is no longer, has no more pull on his death, on his body to go do anything. Well, how many know you died in Christ? Amen. Or, it could, be, or uh, it could be a sexual thing. You know, some woman comes by, you know, and she's, or, or a guy could have a problem with pornography. And, and you know, they go to work and say, hey, 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 John. Look at this. Let me fold this sheet down. He's like, you, you, come here, look at this picture. Uh -huh. Or, what, uh, you know, the uh, woman walked by, you know, in one of those little mini, mini skirts and she moved like a little earthworm, you know, like, like that Bill's worm on a, on a hook like, and she was like, whatever. And <laughs> if that was Frank's problem, it don't matter what she's wearing and how she's wiggling and say, uh huh, mm hmm, uh huh. I know I'm in trouble already. I can tell it. I've been married 37 years, and I know what that eyes is telling me. But, honey, I'm trying to help people. People have trouble. 
I have sent through some counseling, some, you know, and did my best. Like, wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I'm talking about when you're dead. When you're dead, you no longer have that pull on you. Huh? So if you just go ahead and get the fire of the Holy Ghost now, come on. So if you're going to get the fire of the Holy Ghost now, then you'll be purged from all that in you and it'll have no pull on you. Well, now, you know, I just got to have a little something in that room to take the edge off. You know, Jesus, he drank some wine. Yeah, I'm sure Jesus was a wine. No, I'm sure he was. Really? Come on, what you, are you doing for a brain? He talked about the new wine. He said, you ought to get drunk on the new wine. In other words, <laughs> there's a new wine. He wasn't talking about down there at the spirit store. Going down through Publix down there trying to find some wine for $4.87. You'd have to have 18 bottles to get anywhere. $4, you can, I, I don't guess you can. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Never tried it before. <laughs> See, drink has never been my thing. Because it's just like, if you're thirsty, just get some water. <laughs> yeah. Huh? I, don't, I never figured out how somebody could sit down and drink 12 beers. I was like, if you're thirsty, I mean, <clears throat> couldn't, see, couldn't see us going to Cracker Barrel Life Church and you say, oh, uh, I'll have the, uh, the meatloaf and, or the chicken dumplings or whatever, and I'll have 12 glasses of tea. 12 glasses of tea? I, I have 12 Cokes. <laughs> no, you don't have 12. Uh, why, why would you do that? Are you that thirsty? No. So what are we trying to do? So our, our, our body's craving something. Or we're, or we're trying to put something to sleep. We're trying to forget something. We're, we're, we're using everything Satan throws at us to try to forget this world. Well, I'm telling you what, if you're born again, you're not of this world. Amen. I said, you're not of this world. You're from another world. Amen. You're from another world. Glory to God. And you've got the spirit of God on the inside of you. You've got the greater one on the inside of you. Amen. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And anything that's coming against you, the one on the inside, some say, well, I, I just don't know how to overcome this. I don't know how to overcome this problem. I don't know how to overcome this sickness. I don't know how to overcome this disease. I, 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 I'm afraid to go out there and minister to people. I wouldn't know what to do to say. I, so I've, never laid on, I've never laid hands on someone who had cancer. Well, guess what? The Holy Ghost on the inside of you, he knows what cancer is. And, he, and he's been there many times. Amen. Amen. You think the stage four liver cancer bothers the Holy Ghost? Like it's his first rodeo? All he needs is someone with these two, we call them jumper cables. Amen. The Bible said believers lay hands on the what? Believers lay hands, didn't say preachers, didn't say evangelists, didn't say bishops, didn't say deacons. It says believers. How many believers we got here today? Amen. Believers lay hands on the sick and the sick do what? They recover. Amen. You've been assigned to do the works of Jesus. What was the works of Jesus? Teaching, preaching, and healing. Teaching and preaching and healing. Teaching and preaching and healing. Teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. Amen. Amen. That he came, that he lived, and he died. That gave his life. Amen. Amen. And he was resurrected. And when he was resurrected, you was resurrected. And whatever's in him is in you because by your union within, your union with him makes you one spirit with him. You're, 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 you have formed a single spirit. So when Satan comes against you, he's not coming against Eric. He's coming against 
the Christ in me, the hope of glory. Because what? He's not, he can't find me because Colossians says we're hid in Christ. Amen. So if he wants to come, let him come. Amen. Glory. Amen. People are calling saying, oh, you, we, 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 we need to get praying because I, I hear they're organizing this thing, you know, against uh, this, this uh, Trump thing. And the, 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 the occult is starting this uh, uh, thing next week about whatever. I don't got who, who gives three three flips about that. I don't get three flips about what some occult's doing. You think that you're well, we, 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 we better hurry up and do something. The cult may be getting together. Well, they've always been together. The Bible said, if only two agree. If only two agree on earth, touching anything they ask, it shall be done. He said, I've given you the keys to, to, to this life. I've given you the keys of this kingdom, that whatever you, the church, bind will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose from the earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, it looks to me like the authority and the power and the dominion is in you, the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So let the occult get together. Let the organizers get together. But I don't take their hate because I'm going to spread love. Amen. Amen. Ain't a person in here I wouldn't lay my life down for. Now, I'm not looking to step up and say, let's do that and try that. But I'm just saying (laughs) there's not anyone here because that's what that's what the love of God would do. Amen. Amen. We get to heaven. We won't be segregated. Now, where now, where now, where do the seven day Adventist people meet? Where's the Presbyterians meet? I mean, where, where's my people? Where do the Southern Baptists meet in the assemblies? Where does the Word of Faith people? Well, it's called the church. Yeah. See, we're, we're the ones who segregated. Amen. We're the ones who segregated. That's as bad a problem as any racism will ever be. Yeah. Amen. We don't have no racist problem. We have a love problem. Amen. Huh? You need to see people the way God sees them. If you see the way people God sees them, you don't care if they're purple or orange and they, they, they shine, you know, like Rudolph. And, you know, it wouldn't make any difference to you. Because love doesn't see color. Right. Amen. Don't you think God loves his creation? You ought to love what God loves and hate what God hates. Hallelujah. You say, what color is God? I don't know, probably all of them. He may turn different colors. Who knows? That's not in the Bible now. I don't know. He, he may go for a million years and he might be, he might have yellow skin, then he might be red, then he might be black, then he might be brown, then he might say, ah, that's the white stuff on for a little while. Praise the Lord. Who, who, who cares? Who cares? I don't care what color Jesus is. Do you? I mean, I know what color he was when he was on the earth. I know from what part of the earth he was born. Amen. He really wasn't white and he wasn't, he wasn't black and he wasn't brown. You know, he's, but what difference does it make what color someone is? Hallelujah. If you were stranded on the desert for four days and you was down to the last 30 minutes, the last 30 minutes of life, do you care who brings the water to you? <laughs> that's, that's the problem that I've seen with people sometimes, you know, who, who have problems and who have addictions, that they won't receive the help that's offered to them. Matt Gober used to tell us, you know, Caneland, he's in heaven now. He said, that's the problem I've had here at Caneland. He said, we well, have people in here and they come here sometimes and he says, they, they, they can't handle life, so you come here and they won't do what you ask them to do. Don't want to do what you tell them to do. He says, like they're out there drowning. I mean, they're absolutely drowning. They say, help, help. He said, you throw them a, a raft. And they say, uh, no, you got a blue one? <laughs> I don't like yellow. 
<laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, we got lifelines. Name's Jesus. He said, I come to give you life, give it to you more abundantly. You ought to get the more of the life. Amen. If you do, you'd be so happy you won't know do it yourself. Hallelujah. I wake up happy all the time. Kind of disgustingly happy, don't I? That's what Alexa says. She says, she says, Papa's just like crazy wild. I'm like, no, just another day. Hallelujah. Just a good day. This is the day the Lord hath made. I said, I get to go to church, get to go see people that I love, get to go preach the gospel of Jesus Christ without the hostage takeover. Hallelujah. Amen. Get to talk about the good things of God. Hallelujah. Get to speak to the world through the camera out there. Hallelujah. I mean, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. People say, well, yeah, if we were just in America, we'd have it made. No, you wouldn't. There's a bunch of nuts here. Fruitcakes. They don't, look, they don't know if they're coming or they're going. Most of America couldn't trust God if they knew because they have too many choices. You know, they get the red pill or the blue pill. I mean, watch it. You know, maybe, maybe you don't have a television in your nation. But in our houses, we've got three, four, five of them. I got one TV. I don't know what's the matter with it. It won't go off. I turn, I turn it off and it goes back on myself. <laughs> I, went through four, I went through the four-step program last night. I was like, stay off. Most people get a new TV because theirs won't come on. Mine won't go off. <laughs> <laughs> so I read the technology on it. I said, I said uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do what? <laughs> Hand it to a four-year-old. No. But they don't believe God because they have too many options. You watch the TV at night and all the commercials come on. That's when they put on, that's when they try to sell you a car. You ever notice? They sell it at night, put on commercials on cars. And they talk to you about drugs. And they talk about being young again. <laughs> and they got these little blue pills. If you swallow these little blue, blue, blue pills. You turn into a new man. <laughs> they got these little butterflies flying in the window. You say, baby, where are my blue pills at? I mean, say I can date. But if one's good, two got to be better. A lot of ways to go. Pray. <laughs> All these pills, right? So in America, we have all these options. But you get to a place like Africa, where they say you either bleed God or you die. Yeah. Amen. Most Americans wouldn't know, what to do, wouldn't know what to do if you put them in a nation like that. They're like, you eat that? <laughs> I mean, it's, I think it's still moving. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, some of y'all eat your food that way. You order steak rare. That's nasty. Praise the Lord. Cook it just a little bit. Amen. I don't want anything I'm trying to eat move while I'm trying to. <laughs> you know, if it's moving or moaning or groaning while you're cutting on it a little bit, it, it needs to stay in that pan a little bit longer. That's just my opinion. For more books and tapes. <laughs> well, God bless you. God bless you. Go out and preach the gospel. Tell someone to. Tell someone today, tell someone tomorrow the good news. Tell them Jesus loves them. Tell them he's coming back and be ready. Be ready. Ask them. Just get bold and ask them. If Jesus were to come back today, are you ready to go? 
And, it, and, and if they say yes, don't just walk off and say, good, that, that is awesome. Why? Because what I find out, their why is not worth 15 cents. Well, I'm a pretty good person. That's the good way to get to hell in a hurry. There are going to be a lot of good people in hell. Did you know that? Now, the only way to get to heaven is what? Through what? Through Jesus Christ. He is the door. He's the shepherd that we all go through. So if you don't go through Jesus, you're not getting in. So the passcode's Jesus. Amen. Well, I call you blessed. I declare everyone blessed in the name of Jesus. If you have sickness in your body, I call you healed. The Bible says, by his stripes, ye were healed. So if you were healed, you are, you are healed. Yes. If you were healed, then I am healed. Or I is a, I is a healed. Now, don't look that up in the dictionary. You won't find it. But if he, you were healed, then you are healed. So take what Jesus did in the finished work and receive it. It's called faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen. You just decide in your heart, in your mind, that bless God, this belongs to me. I got it now. Body, you might as well line up because I'm not a body, I'm not a liver, I'm not an organ, I'm not a kidney, I'm not a spine, I'm not a knee, I'm not a hip, I'm not a heart, I'm not a whatever. I am a spirit being, and this body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and this body is where the Holy Ghost resides, so it will come into line with the Word of God. The Word of God functions in this body, and it, the, it, the resurrection life of Jesus Christ is going to every cell of your body right now in Jesus' name. I I speak life and strength and health into you right now in Jesus' name. I command life into your heart, into your arteries. I command life into your joints in the name of Jesus, into your ears, and into your eyes, Father God, into every cell and every fiber and every tissue of your body. I command that your body function in the name of Jesus the way God created to function, and I forbid any malfunction to take place in your body right now in Jesus' name. I take authority over it in the name of Jesus, and I declare you are healthy healthy, healed, and whole in his name. Can you say amen? amen? God bless you. Have a great day. Who can take my guilt and shame? There's only one.